can I Cheers. say? Sammy Shimmy. Thank you for What's having up, me. baby? Come on. Nice to have you here. Mm. Oh, oh, we're uh, on. Oh, God. Yeah, we're on. Wait, let uh, me fix my hair. Your hair looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> You've done something different with it. I feel, did you put some product in it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, it's I can. the lotion. I just lotion my hair. <laughs> the the half a millimeter <laughs> that's there needs to be yeah. fully moisturized. Fully moisturized. At all times. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I look weird. <laughs> okay, Steve Himmelstein. I say Stein. You say Stein. Yeah. You know who else started saying Stein because of you? Oh God. Is Greg. Like I think Greg, Greg Yara. Yeah, I think Greg <laughs> thinks my name is Himmelstein. But it is, bro. But it is, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey. Let's be clear. It's Himmelstein. 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 You have to have a yeah, you gotta you know, a little bit of the Himmelstein. You have a to, little bit of that German rah, shit. Rah, rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, you know, I would say uh Relatively new friends, right? We're friends. I'm honored. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll see. I will, I will, at the end of this podcast, I will try. I've never liked you. <laughs> I still I, don't. I always thought you were kind of a dick. But I almost <laughs> respect you. Almost. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, I got some more work to do. I got work to do. Um, Look, when did you get to town? So I was here in 2000 to 08. Okay. And then I got a gig in Bermuda teaching guitar. Okay. Which I did for six months. After like a month there, I was I said, this place is boring as hell. Yeah. And I need to get the hell out. Wow, I didn't know and that. And they said, if you can stay till the end of the year, that would really be wonderful uh-huh. for us. And I said, okay, if you can send me home for, if you pay for me to go home for a week or something, then I'll come back and I'll, I'll do the six months. And then... I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. T- teaching guitar to who? Ma. Bermudians. Just anyone who, it was at a guitar shop. You know, like the random, the guitar shop that has no a guitar kidding. teacher? So they had one of those, but they couldn't get anyone who lived in Bermuda to do the gig. And how did you get this gig? Craigslist. No shit. Yeah. So I was living here. I was in a, a four bedroom house with three other musicians. Um, after ASU, I went to Brazil for four months. And then but I went you. to Europe for like a, a month. And then some friends were like, we're going to get a house in Phoenix. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet. And they were great musicians. One of them is now the ASU jazz guitar professor. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll live with you guys. That ended up being about two years. So that took us to 08. And I was trying to go to New York. Mm. And I was just applying to everything that would get me in the East Coast or something. And this really? Bermuda thing came up. And I was like, this is probably BS. But, you know, what the hell? Yeah. So I sent them a message. And about a week later, they were like, hey, uh, can you write a five-year curriculum and do a video of you playing guitar? Of because they because five years is the max that you can could work in Bermuda in Bermuda okay. at the time. Okay. Now it's like unlimited. Whatever they changed yeah. it, but at the time you could do five years working. So I made the curriculum. I sent the video, and they were like, "Yep, we want you to come." And two weeks later, I was on a flight. I'm sorry. 
you blew over a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. That, that was I, we're going to need to go back to. Okay. Okay. All right. No okay. problem. Pump the brakes, Stevie, because <laughs> that shit was too much that you just blew my mind. Um, you got to go. We got to go way back then. Now we got to go back. I'm dead Slow serious, bro. Seriously, that was like light speed. That was like uh, in Spaceballs when he's like, we've gone <laughs> we've gone Paisley or whatever. We, we've gone Swade. I just watched that recently. Our- do, you, do you remember the part where they, they put the video on of yes. Spaceballs? And they're like looking, when is that? Right. That's now. Now, right, right. But when is this? This is now. When will then be now? Soon. <laughs> One of my favorite all-time <laughs> movies. He's like, what is combing the desert? Man, we ain't found shit yeah. <laughs> with the Afro comb. Uh, we've gone from suck to blow. There's so yes, many. There's so many. Spaceballs uh, has a very special place in my heart. Yes. Um, Stevie, go back, baby. Where? Okay. Give me the. Give me the. Sti- and then we're gonna fast forward to what you just said. You know, but. Sure. Hit me with the origin story. Little Stevie is grows up oh, where? Oh God. Uh, okay, so I was born in New Jersey, West Orange. Mm. It's definitely orange. It's, I know because sounds way sexier than East Orange. East Orange is is bad, actually. Yeah, fuck East Orange. I mean, I think it's probably fine now. Anyways, <laughs> we left when I was four. We moved to Massachusetts to Linfield. Yeah. So from we were in Linfield from age four to eleven for me. Yeah. So I have it's a, not it's the royal we it's the not royal, for my my not, family. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bit of an affinity for for Boston teams just because I, yes. was, I was that age of course. when I realized that these things existed. Right. So I have a little bit of a, like a Celtics Red Sox sort of thing. Oh, come on. Bruins. Patriots? Patriots. Let's mm, see. I don't understand that. Come on, baby. Goats, Anyways. baby. Goats all day long. All right, anyway. We'll we'll come back to the that. All right. Then we moved back to Jersey, but central Jersey. Yes. Okay. Like Princeton area. Mm-hmm. Um and then we moved to Chicago for northwest suburbs of Chicago, right before high school. So then I was uh, and then check this out. Wait, I'm sorry, but why all the moving? So my dad is like in business, and he would get offered these. <laughs> he's in business. He's in business. He's in business. He does business it's very technical. Things. It's yes. very technical. He he's in business. <laughs> yes, he was in spice companies actually. In oh, food food companies. Like, okay. So he started working for Kraft. Oh shit! That was like his first job, and he was in sales. Like Kraft singles, like that shit. Like Kraft yeah, cheese. Kraft cheese. Kraft. You name it. Oh man. Kraft made makes a ton of a stuff. A bunch of shit. Yeah. And then, but he also had a, a science background, and then actually a German company needed someone with a science background that could do sales, because they they had these um, uh, what are they called? Oh, I'm blanking. Basically, these products that can like turn orange juice clear. Yeah, and do all sorts of things what? like f- chemical food stuff. Whoa. Um, that already sort of exists, but if you if you turn it up the volume of it, you can do all sorts of things. My next question is, why would you want to turn orange juice clear? That's a good question. But he did it. Yeah, they could do it. Oh, my God. 
Um, what the hell what are they called? Maggi. Is it a German company? No, no, no. The German oh. company was Romtech. That oh, was the okay. Name of the company. Okay. I just can't rem- remember what these things are called. That they already exist. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, mm. um, so he had the science background and the sales background, and they wanted an American. So salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he would get offered like VP of whatever company, wow. but you have to move here. And my mom didn't mind moving. And he had three boys that he knew would ha- he'd have to put through college. You are the youngest third. of three. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Me too. Oh. The fu- Come on, baby. The artist. The youngest. First of all, mama's boy. Oh, yeah. For sure. Definitely. And this, I believe. Three boys? Three boys. Oh, wow. I believe this. Okay. That by the time we come around, and I don't know the age difference between your. Three. Three and three. Oh, like that's. Like two and a half, three. See, that's cute. I it was is. six and ten. So oh, wow. six over me and then ten over me. Oh wow. I was yes. basically an only child yes. when you were. They went to college or whatever. I but, was two when they went to college, actually. Right. So the, so well, you're only six. So so you were but let's, the, so he was you were thirteen, like or or whatever. I 13, was never in high 15? school with my middle brother. Right. Or any school, actually. So at that point, your ba- he was he was a senior when I was in eighth grade, right? So then freshman year of college was my freshman freshman year of high school, which he finished high school in New Jersey in in like West Windsor, yeah, Princeton Junction, Central Jersey, and then we moved to Chicago, and I was a freshman in Chicago, in high school, in high school. I tell you, man, there's something about that. There is it's, something about that dynamic being the youngest. First of all, the youngest of three boys, yeah, and then uh, you know. And I'm I'm going to ask you this question later, but um, the relationship between the brothers it plays a big role in exposure to music because you're not listening to the Very same true. shit, you're not hanging out with the same cats. There's there's something about that. Uh, so so sorry. So now you're in Chicago mm-hmm. <laughs> for high school. Sorry, for I'm high still school. trying to think of what this thing is, the science thing that that um, it's called the D. It's gonna come to me. De-oranging right after we. It's not. It's not just used for that. It's used for like a whole bunch of things. Like it could get rid of the pulp in orange juice. What the in fuck? like four hours instead of needing a to uh, do the thing where oh. you spin it. Okay. Um, seems oh, like a very it's gonna piss me off. You're gonna think about it. You're gonna scream it out in the middle I'm of the night. Call my dad at some point. Yeah, we'll like, phone. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We'll phone a friend. <clears throat> yeah, you can talk German to him. Echt. He speaks, yeah. Is that right? He speaks Baby, come on, man. He's rusty, though, because he worked for all these German companies. We I'm actually rusty, went, too. We went to Germany when I was eight to, like, visit, because he worked for Rome Tech, and then another one, Dollar, mm-hmm. and then uh, another one in Chicago. It was an American company. Mm-hmm. But, he, you know, he'd be like, they'd be like, do you want to come here and be the VP? He'd be like, how yeah. much are you going to pay me? Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. Let's, Let's go. In. Let's go. Let's get the kids so we together. Went to Chicago. Yeah. And then I did four years there. They in, a, in like a public high school, public like high school, a, yeah, yeah. Okay. but a very good one, Sub- suburban yeah. Chicago, experience. northwest suburbs. Okay, my high school was harder than my college. Okay, okay, because it was because okay. ASU is easy, <laughs> depending on what you're studying. Okay. But like, <laughs> yeah, ASU, you okay, know, it's not the hardest, right? Thing, it's yeah, yeah. right. I got you. Anyways. Uh, they moved 
before I graduated. But I stayed with a friend, graduated, stayed with a friend for the rest of the summer, and then drove here to Phoenix. Okay. Because they moved here? No. No. They moved back to Jersey to the same street that they left 16 years prior when I was four years old. Super meta. Same street. Yeah. Same street, except the street's on like a hill. And instead of being right in the middle of the hill, they were at the condos on the top, of the, the top of the hill. The townhouse. Moving the on hill. up. Yeah, exactly. Moving exactly. on up, y'all. Yep. All right, so you enroll at ASU mm-hmm. and hold on. Which that's a little bit of a story too, but. Well, hit me. So uh, my dad had lost his job uh, right before senior year. And then, uh, so he's like in his underwear on the couch for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I feel like that's been my life. Yeah. On the on the couch in my underwear. In his underwear. Yeah. Depressed. Yeah. But looking for jobs. Yeah. And you know, he he was very territorial then. Like he was he was a lot to handle. Now he's more like a pussycat. But um and then it was like six months on, six months off almost because he got this job and then he was like gone. But during that six months, I was applying to school and I was like, my dad doesn't have a job. I, I shouldn't apply to these California schools that are super mm. expensive. Yeah. I should apply somewhere cheap. Right. So I, I applied to ASU online. This is 2000, right? Or 1999. And right? what was it about it? Like what? Like, my brothers went here in 96. Okay. Okay. They had already come out. We I did see. a family trip. They liked it. I visited, and every time I visited, they threw a party. So I was like, this place is awesome. Yeah, you're thinking, this is the greatest this place the on greatest fucking place. earth. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, especially coming from Chicago Where it's or, or, yeah. New, or, or you know, New England or, or yeah. New Jersey. You spend one winter here, yeah, and you're like, exactly. okay. I came here for Halloween the first year. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they threw a big party. And it was the one Halloween in your life, tell me if this is wrong, that you didn't have to wear thermal underwear under your... Under your costume because it's so fucking cold that, <laughs> and you had to wear a jacket over your shit. You're yeah. basically just walking around yes. in super cold weather gear yeah. asking for candy. It wasn't about the costume, oh. but here you could do. I was a reggae guy. I had <laughs> shorts and a t shirt on and like a Rasta dreadlock hat, <laughs> and we had a keg of Guinness, and I was like 14. My man. You know, That's we played, uh, about. uh, we did psychedelics the night before and played grapefruit stickball, and I ended up with seven stitches on my cheek. <laughs> I don't even know what. I don't even Halloween. know what. I don't even know what half the shit you just said. I don't know what grapefruit <laughs> stickball is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google all this shit. We it, stole a flagpole from someone's house. They had like a Charlie Brown thing. Yeah. For each season. Okay. And and you know it was mischief night the yeah. night before Halloween. Yes. So we're walking around, tripping. And we, you're 14 years old. Yes. Okay. Or 15? Freshman in high school. Either way. Freshman in high school. Probably 15. Okay. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. We st- steal the flagpole, come back to the house. The sun's coming up, and the roommate is. It, we have a grapefruit tree, and they're playing grapefruit stickball with oh, this. Okay. okay. With this. Yeah. With flagpole. the flagpole. Yeah. This wooden flagpole and with a walnut top. <laughs> the walnut top. It comes into play in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a minor detail. No, nope. uh, just wait. Yeah. So he's he's swinging, and you know, one one like my one brother went, then my other brother went, and then the roommates up there, and they're throwing the grapefruit, and I'm standing here watching, and he throws the grapefruit, and he swings it, and by now there's grapefruit juice 
all over the flagpole. Okay. Because people are smashing grapefruits with it. Yes. So it slips and it goes whoosh, whoosh, and then smash right into the chin. Is that right? Yeah. The walnut top. No. Which I cracked into three pieces and then had seven stitches right here. And like we're all still we're all still pretty high. (laughs) My brother lay when one brother lays me down. Sorry, mom and dad. And And it's like, oh, I'm sure they're going to listen like, to think, this podcast. I think you'll be fine. We, we, we'll we wait a little bit. Yeah, let's and wait then, it out. Let's wait a little let's bit. Let's let you bleed it out. Okay. <laughs> and then oh, we'll take you to the hospital if we need to. <laughs> you're like, I'm not sure I have arms right now yeah. to drive you yeah, to the can. thing. Yeah. yeah. So just. I had seven stitches. Just mellow. Just so mellow I was like, out. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mellow. just be cool. Just, just be stay cool on this couch. It. Yeah. Just sleep. We'll put some ice on put it. Put some ice on you it. You sleep. Yeah. Here's some ibuprofen. So then I was a Rastafarian with a big seven stitches scar on his chin. That made sense. I haven't seen him for a year or so. I heard him in and out some stony goals. Yeah, and at the time. You know, I don't know when you moved here, but at the time there was a lot more live music around, like on Mill. Tempe, yeah, was Tempe had, was the was thing. A thing, and hippies, yeah. and I was a hippie deadhead. Type. That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I came out. So fast forward to my senior year, this was the cheapest school that I was looking at, and one of my brothers was like, "Hey, this will be the last time that we like get to live together." Blah blah blah. Which then we didn't. Kind of a guilt trip. Was it a little bit of a, a guilt trip? A little bit of a like, man, you should come out here. It'll be great. Yeah, man. But I was I was looking at California schools. Yeah, and for so, music, just cause California. I hadn't decided on music yet. Yeah. But I thought California. Everyone's like, you have a California vibe, blah blah blah. You know, it's that hippie thing, man. It's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is what's funny. I applied to ASU online. It took me like five minutes. Right. <laughs> what's your name? What's your social? Yeah. What you, you get on here? your? What'd you get on your ACTs? Right. How much money does your dad make? <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm like, okay, da 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 da. Didn't even send teacher recommendations or anything like that. Hadn't even gotten those yet. Just filled yeah. it out and was yeah. like, there's it's online. This is, you know, for the kids out there, this was a first that that Bro, I skipped that. I didn't I, yeah. I didn't have that. You didn't have I that. Couldn't, yeah, I couldn't because you're like four online. years older than me. Yeah. yeah. And this that, this is a new thing. And I was just like, okay, cool, done. And thought like, oh, I'll probably have to send teacher recommendations. Da da da. The applications for California schools were like a half inch thick. Oh yeah. Of filling out whatever F- shit. forms and yeah. what, facts. So this I was and- looking at one, and a week later, I already got accepted to ASU. You're like, all right. And I was like, okay, fuck okay. it. Okay. Yeah, forget it. I'm going there. So I had been playing in in the jazz band at Buffalo Grove High School. In uh, Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like take solos and stuff, but I could chunk chords. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you were reading. Yeah, I was reading chords mm-hmm. and making it through. I wasn't like reading lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew some theory. I was a deadhead, so I knew some some like soloing stuff. I would get together with a buddy and play blues and just take solos, yada, okay. yada. I wasn't very good. Uh, not that I'm great now, but then I really sucked. Right. And I showed up at ASU and... Um, was partying really hard for the first <laughs> two months in the dorms. Oh yeah, man! And I got busted with weed. And in scandal. that scandal, in that scandalous craziness, I know. In that moment of getting busted, I was like, I just want to play guitar. 
I just want to be a musician, play guitar. <laughs> and then I sort of made that. I know this. It's the I love. I love that. That's the your internal voice. If I ever get out of here, I'll just <laughs> play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you get busted for weed. You are a fucking miscreant. Right. Weed smoking. Right. Rastafari, <laughs> deadhead, fucking. I was only a Rastafari on ha- on Halloween that one year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to know. I'm dying to hear this shit. Uh, okay. I want to know what Mill Avenue was like in the mid '90s. I I don't. I only sort of know because I was I was just here visiting in the '90s. I I got here in 2000. Oh, okay. For ASU. Okay. And but 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 that was still there was still some. Vestiges of yes, live music had, on Mill. Like Long Wong's was still on Mill. Yes. There uh, was... Uh, Nita's? I mean, not on Mill, but I'm just saying... Nita's? Yeah, Nita's, Nita's was away. great. I saw MMW at Nita's and like a couple other things. Oh, whoa. There was uh, B-Lo's. Yes, yes. Which I remember seeing Raul Yana's with CPR there and seeing uh, Sean Johnson with yes. Gannon. yes. Down yeah. there, that was like a joint. Like yeah. you could walk, you could just walk by and and look down and be like, "Oh, look!" And where was that? On, was that on Mill? Bilos was on Mill, yeah, Fifth and Mill. And and like and now it's that like the library, I think, or last, oh, last time I was there. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Or tilted kilt or whatever the hell, whatever the corporate whatever the uh, hell it is now. You know, girls barely dressed, yes. serving you drinks. <laughs> tilted kilt and um, what's the one I uh. Uh, Peak Twin Peaks, yeah. uh, Hooters. It might it's as that, well be Hooters. It, it's yeah. that same it's shit, same, right? Yeah. yeah. Library Hooters, Tilted Kilt. I think they're all the same. Owner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't surprise Probably. me. But there was, there was like Rulabula. Rulabula, which is still there, but yeah, Rulabula. But Rulabula had music, more and more music. And that was one of the first. That was, I think, the first place I played for for the open mic. I uh, oh, walked. Wow. You know, Walt, yeah, Walt was hosting it. Yeah, I got here in two thousand and uh, October two thousand and three, and I think I did Rula Bula in like December of that year with my buddy Caleb, who would eventually we'd go on to make my my my, my first band here in town was Ten Dollar Outfit. So it was Caleb on drums and um, Peter Venti on piano, and but that I think was the first time I played music. Was at Rulabula in in late two thousand and three. I missed all the other shit. By the time I got here, it was all basically it gone. Kind of gone. Yeah. Long Longs was still there, uh, but they stopped having music, right? And Bash on Ash changed, and Nita's closed, oh, yeah, and and there was uh, the Sail Inn, and you know all these places. The Sail Inn stuck it out for a minute. For a minute, and then the Sail Inn. I we used to do every Tuesday. Is that Sailin right? For two years, yeah. Me and Shay. When was this? Like oh three was this power 02, not the tr- power trio the no that's that that came out of this okay we got a gig there as soaking fused did oh, you ever fuck. see that, uh, that sounds very familiar did you ever see limbic system yes oh my god yes do you know those guys yes the two brothers yes Michael and Jared one of them has since passed right yes he I, was in our band Mike, no shit the drummer yeah Mike Bell wow wonderful guy. Uh, Best hang ever. I've never seen anyone be able to like turn a corner into becoming bros with someone so quickly. Yeah. Like just, and I, you Bro, know, I, I was a huge fan. I have their records. I bet. 
Yeah, they were great. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, they used to do sale. Yes. And they, they developed a following at the same time. Oh, my God. Because they were the, playing weekly there. Haven't thought of the limbic system in... In forever, right? Forever. Jared, I think, lives in New York now. Or he did. Maybe he's, maybe he's back West Coast. I don't know. Anyways, so Mike and, like, one of his best friends was a bass player, Ben Marcus. He's, he's in uh, Michigan now. The three of us started this group, the limbic... The, not the limbic system. So confused to... Because, like, Jared went off to school in Seattle... So Mike was like, I need another band. And then we started doing oh Sail In on Tuesdays. Oh, my God. And then Shay joined us. Jesus, what a fucking band. Yeah. Well, no. We, we were all right. Bro, I haven't thought of the limbic system for a minute, but I was a huge fan. And I think, I think that they would play, I think they played downtown as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like they played the paper heart. And that they was, played all over. That yeah. was one of the first places that I played. Yeah. I walked in, met Scott. Uh, we didn't play. Soaking Fuse never played there. But we played uh, the other place, the Mon- Monroe and... Oh, fuck Monroe's? Sale. Yeah. The, da- the downstairs joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, played yeah. Monroe's. Oh, man. We would do like Schofield stuff. Yes. Then you must have been in that fucking jazz band. stuff. Yeah. I would go down there because that was right by my crib. And uh, I, you live downtown, then? yeah. Yes, it That's was amazing. It was the fucking wild. See, now West. I want to hear about that. All right, well, uh, I went in like 05. I went downtown. I, I was, I at, at October of 2003. I will tell you stories about downtown and Monroe's, but I remember walking down, um, into Monroe's, um, and some band was playing. And a go-go. It was probably us. Yeah, I, I, we've we've definitely we've talked, talked about, about this. this a little bit. Um, but I remember going down and hearing a tune from a go-go, and I was thinking like, "This is the hippest shit." Yeah. Did you ever see Dave Cook? Did you know Dave? Or you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. He was like the one of the oldest. No, oldest is not the right word, but like longest living here jazz drummers, and he used to have a a hmm. weekly jam session. And it, it moved a little bit, but that was also a, a mainstay of Phoenix. Shea There's a New? couple of Phoenix things or, that, no, that one wasn't Shane New. I can't remember where it was. Uh, it was somewhere off Central for a minute, but even before that, I think, it, you know, I don't know. Central has changed so much. I mean, the, the whole fucking city has changed so it's much. It's ridiculous. I go down there. I haven't, I hadn't been down there in a minute. I, I live I'm, down there now, and I'm like, where? Where, where did this come from? Right. Well, that wasn't here two weeks ago. Right. Exactly. And like <laughs> going to intersections that I knew very well. Right. Thinking, I'm sure. like, wait, what? Wait, where am I? Because I don't recognize any of this shit. I will say that I moved down there October 2003. I was living at the Met, and the Met was Fillmore and like Third uh, Street. Okay. And there right was by no- my favorite bar. There was nothing else there. Which what? Back then, it's gone now, but uh, the Roosevelt. I don't know if it was open then. I worked at the Roosevelt. Did you seriously? <laughs> that was my favorite bar to go to whenever I was downtown. I was like, going to the Roosevelt. That's it so was that funny. and the Lost Leaf. And that right, was, that and was that was basically it. it. That was it. Bro, and the it Roosevelt was, was a shit, though. It was, you Roosevelt, know. Matt owned it. Same, Matt's Big Breakfast. And that's where I was working at Matt's Big Breakfast. And he opened up the Roosevelt. And then you were working there? Yeah. And then I... I kind of transit. What happened to it? Like now it's a restaurant? I haven't been in there. I don't know what it is now. Uh, I walked by and it, it said something about being a restaurant, but I haven't, 
I haven't seen anything. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Um, that building's cool. Just I the think building it, yes, in and of itself. The house is, like, yeah, is incredible. Like a brick. Yes. Dope ass. A classic. A, yeah. You know, OG Phoenix, Phoenix thing house. Yep. Such it was. You know, I hesitate to say ahead of its time, but it kind of was. And I spent a year working at Matt's Big Breakfast downtown. You know, I have no business, bro, working fucking breakfast. I'm not a happy person in the morning. <laughs> I'm, I have to get up Me at either. six. I have to get up at six yeah. and like and like entertain you or whatever, like whatever, be your server. Be nice. And be nice and like care about yeah. what you want. You know, like right. no motherfucker. Um, anyway, he opened the Roosevelt uh, during that time. And I... I was hoping that I would then transition to be um, the bartender, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I was also involved in the beer community here in town and and know beer and, and love beer. and and But it was at that same time that the music started to kick off a little bit. And I was like, I can't bartend if I want to play music. So... You had to make that choice. I had to, I had to make the choice. Yeah. yeah. And anyway... Unless you're like bartending Monday... Which yeah, and that 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 wasn't happening either. But oh man, I I have a lot of questions for you about downtown Phoenix because I have these very vivid memories of there's, what it was, bro. There's five a bunch o'clock, of shit I probably don't know. Five o'clock, bro. You could it was done. Like it was empty. Yeah, empty, empty. I remember that. And there was like a couple joints that, that we yep. would know that you would go to. Yeah, and they had these great fucking uh, dive bars. And I mean, bikini happens to, st- I think, still be there. I haven't been there in a minute, but it they, was before COVID, at least. Yeah, and I, uh, Tuesdays there are the are I, the jam, bro. I live six oh two Tuesdays. I live like fifty feet away. You know, who you should talk to about this is Marvin because he remembers all that. Marvin, shit. Marvin, yeah, Marvin or Marvin, 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 Marvin. Talk to Marvin outside the fucking. He used to play modified Marvin. arts every Who's first Marvin? Friday. Marvin's a, a alto sax guy. I'll introduce you. Sounds sexy. We're gonna take a break. He was he lived downtown though at that time, mm. and he talks about it a, a bit because he's like, man, all these condos didn't used to be here, and first Friday was like a small thing. Yes, but it was dope. Yes, and it was just us. And yes, he would play modified arts every first Friday. Backpacks full of beer. Yep. Dirt lots. Dirt lots. Fucking all off. All dirt lots, yep. And just fucking off. Just whatever the fuck no, you want to do. Yep. No blocking off of the nope. street. It was just no like... No cops, none of that shit. And strange uh, fucking art installations yes. everywhere. Yes. Yeah, man. Like I that used to was, love... Like, First Friday was yes, the, the jam. That was the hang. Yes. And that was the only night that I remember being like, Phoenix looks like a real city tonight. Right. Yep. And then it was very different. Yes. Right. It, I like, don't know when it changed. I was in New York. Away. It, it changed away. while I was in New York. Yeah. And suddenly it's like 16-year-olds. Well, we're going to talk about this New York shit. Okay. When we come back. In three, two, one. <laughs> you know what I really like talking about? Beer. Beer. I love beer. I've been a fan of beer for many, many years. And one of my favorite breweries, they are in Arizona. It's Santan Brewing Company, y'all. They have every every sort of beer, every style of beer. I'm a big IPA guy. They got a couple different IPAs. One of my favorites, it's called Moon Juice. 
It's delicious. I think you should drink what is made here in Arizona. You can find it wherever you buy your booze or your beer. And even if you don't like beer, they do all sorts of great shit. I highly recommend Santan Brewing. SantanBrewing.com. And we're back. Are we, though? Uh. <laughs> Did we ever leave? Did we ever leave? That's the question. Um, himmy shimmy. Um, himmy shimmy. The shimmy of the himmy. The hamster is oh. another. Oh, is that right? Bob Powers calls, calls me the hamster. <laughs> what else? At summer camp, it was like himmel toes or himmel oh. butt. Oh, come or on, Himmel man. whatever. What? Why? Uh, I don't know. Don't ask me. Baby, it should have been Heavenstone from fucking day one. You know what I'm saying? That's the hippest shit, man. Steve Heavenstone. I I am so envious of people who have like these German last names that that I can translate and that have like some meaning, you know, Mm. like Metzger, you know. Uh, What's Metzger? Butcher. You know, oh. like just like like, right. mm, I can I can hold on to this. I know right. what this is. Right. You know, you know, um, or or Koenig, you know, King or whatever. Uh, I just I'm envious of those people that have these cool, like translatable names. What's Chartrand? Uh, it, uh, it comes from the uh, French Chartrand. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. There's nothing. It's like Steve. Yes. Yeah. Right. Welcome to your last name. It yeah. means absolutely nothing. Um, before we took a break, I'm surprised that I even remember this, but you, you, you said that you were in New York at this particular time that we were talking about, mm. you know, downtown Phoenix or Tempe. So walk me through this. Okay. You. So I went to Bermuda for six months. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, um, pump the brakes, baby. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Uh, did you gra- are you graduated from ASU? Graduated from ASU. With a Bachelor degree? in Interdisciplinary Studies. Oh, my. I was a jazz performance major for about four years there, four okay. and a half years or something. And then back then, they wanted you to do a classical guitar recital to graduate as a jazz guitar. What the fuck does that even mean? That means you would have to pick up a classical guitar. How does it but learn? Why? I don't know why. Because, uh, you know, just music conservatories and jazz not being as accepted. And then, like, AS, Arizona like... Arizona being a little slow to come around to things. It's you know? so dumb. Because the jazz performance degree probably started there in the late 70s, maybe. I think Todd maybe. was a part of it. Todd was not it, yeah, with yeah. Chuck Moronic yeah. and uh, Chris Champion, who became my teacher at ASU. Okay, my guitar teacher. Yeah. And Chuck was still there. I caught the end of Chuck. <laughs> I bet you did catch the end of Chuck. I don't even know what that means. Well, Chuck was like this big jazz force in yes. in town. Yeah. And then he he retired while I was there. And he was the guitar teacher? No, he was the piano teacher and the, the jazz uh okay. director. Got you. At ASU. Jazz the lobster. Director. He okay. was redhead. Yeah, he would turn ginger. bright red when he was angry, <laughs> you know, which didn't happen often while I was there because by then he didn't care anymore. <laughs> he was still a great teacher, but he, he had he really just, like, 
mellowed. Mellowed. Exactly. Was it? You remember, uh, what was that? That there was a movie about the the, uh, the drumming, right? Um, Which I haven't seen actually. I, Whiplash. Neither. Whiplash. Yes. And I, I haven't seen it either. I I kind of shudder. I know. To think. Yeah, I know. He like throws a symbol at the guy, and he like and like berates waxes, him, waxes yeah. hands, yeah. like. Chuck might have done that back. Is in that the right? Day. Or things like that. Like I remember playing, and he was like, "Can you hear yourself? <laughs> you know, play some eighth notes." Oh my! What God. are you even playing? <laughs> Do you, you know? Or I was at a at a and and I might be stealing someone else's story, but I was at a uh, we had these Friday performances where like your combo would play, mm-hmm. and then the whole jazz program would be there and listen, and mm-hmm. the, then the teachers would comment. <laughs> So these these Come guys on, get up and play and they're a little bit older. They're like master's students that are but they're they're good. They're decent. They're okay. Anyways, they play very safe stuff. Yes. Right? Okay. And afterwards Chuck is like that made me want to go home and kick my dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the And I like my dog. <laughs> He's a good dog. I love it. He's a good that dog. That made me want to kick. You're playing broccoli section music. Oh. You don't want to play music that you hear in the broccoli section of oh. the grocery store. Like, you know, that was his whole yeah. thing. He's like, what are you doing? But oh. he taught He taught Medeski. He taught a no couple. No shit? Yeah, he taught a couple great. Some heavies. Some heavies. Yeah. Because he was really good at taking a person that could play and, like, showing them how to find their own voice. Which I was not ready for. I was. I did not know how to play yet. Some people. Some people work better with a tough coach. Yeah. And some people just quit. Right. Because they can't hang. Same as the army. Right. Yeah. I'm it's sure. It's like if you can't hang, then you or like you, a football team. Right. Then might you be better. Might be a better example. Like if you have a tough coach on a football team, you might be like, "All right, I'm gonna get it together." Right. You know, some people need to hear that. Right. Like, hey, if you want to cut it in this, you better straighten right. up and fly right. Right. Because they, they were good as a, at a young age or something. And then some people, you know, as soon as they someone comes down on them, they're like, okay, fine. And then they leave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it just depends. Like, Coker is much a much nicer, you know, he's the current jazz performance guy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. I switched to interdisciplinary studies so that I didn't have to get uh, do classical <laughs> guitar. Right? Because I was like... I, so what, you're three years in? I was four years you're in. You're four years into a... four years in. To yeah. a, a musical degree. Yes, and and they're like, well, you're gonna have to do this classical thing. And, and my like, teacher a- was like, you will have to just play classical for the next year. Like I had never picked up a classical guitar. It and it's got the whole right hand thing. Just like, seems strange. To he's me. like, you really won't be able to play jazz. And I was really into composing at the time. So interdisciplinary studies allowed me to study with my my favorite teacher mm-hmm. that was a great composer mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. Anyways, I did that. I finished that. Uh, what year is this? Oh five is when I finished. Okay. And then I went to Brazil for four months. Brazil. 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 Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo for a week, mostly Rio. But yeah. Mm. And then two months just checking. Were you soaking up the samba? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I bet you were. It was great. Little devil. (laughs) It was a wonderful time. (laughs) I should go back. Then I went to Jersey for like a month. Similar to Sao Paulo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Wonderful. The culture, really. It's very, very, 
I mean, parts are actually. There's a there's right? Ironbound in Newark is a is a very Brazilian yeah heavy area, See, but it's I, still not Sao Paulo. I have a I have a dear Rio. friend uh, who grew up in um, uh, Long Island and was a part of there was a big uh, Brazilian neighborhood. Yeah, know? and he was speaking Portuguese at yep. an early age. Yep, you know, he, and he's like Irish, you know, but it was just. That was the language. That was his second language. Now he knows a thousand of them. Uh, but um, he eventually marries a Brazilian woman, and the, and they move down to uh, to uh, to uh, Sao Paulo. He's living my dream. Sao Paulo. But now he's in Berlin. Sao Paulo. You know, so it's the thing. You gotta get really nasally. Right. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. <laughs> Eu quero mais. Eu quero mais, rapaz. That language seems so foreign to me. Once you, you get it, it is. I, I feel like that's yeah. But that's every language. It looks like right? Spanish, right? But when it, you but, read it, but, but when you but hear you, it, but when yeah. you speak it, it's very different, yeah. right? It's all it's, it's like back here, right? Right. Moish. Back Moish. <laughs> Oi. All right. So Anyways. so you bounce, Sao Paulo. Go to Brazil. What was your initial the Brazil. New York question? Well, yeah. You. I mean, you. You left. ASU to go fuck off. I did about six months of fucking off. Then I came back, lived with three other musicians for mm -hmm. about two years. Mm -hmm. And that was when we were going downtown mm -hmm. a little bit. Downtown was starting to become a thing. And then I got this Bermuda gig. Right. And I did that for like six months. By the time I left, I didn't really want to leave because I had a girlfriend and I had sort of figured out how life was. But it was good that I left because that's 60,000 people. Right. In right. one one island. It's like you run out of stuff right. to do. It gets right. boring right. pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and then I had a little bit of a nest egg. So I had I had the choice. I was like, either I'm going to New York or I'm going back to Brazil. And I was like, well, I never really tried New York. So let's go. Cool. So then I moved to New York in January 09. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to drive. Uh, Listen to this. You can't drive from Bermuda to New York. No, I tried to drive from here oh. Oh. to New York. Okay. So my grandpa had a handicap van that he, <laughs> that my dad inherited. And then they were like, you can take the handicap van, which had one of those lifts. Yeah. Like the perfect musician van. Oh, okay. yeah. I loaded that shit up with my Fender Rhodes and my giant uh, uh, PV Yes. Uh, 60, yeah. you know, tube amp, big tube amp and all my guitars and paintings and all this stuff. And I started driving to New York and I crashed it in Albuquerque. <laughs> That's how far I made it. I don't, no, I don't think it was even you, Albuquerque. You, I think it was like El Paso. Like I made wait, it six Albuquer hours. Albuquerque is, is, is closer than El Paso. Yeah. So you Albuquerque, got, I think you got to, I got like just into New Mexico yeah. and my tire blew. Okay. Okay. And then the that car That died. was it. That was it. So I had to get a U-Haul and take all my stuff back here. And someone was like, maybe you're just not supposed to go to New York. Yeah, da -da -da. it's a sign, bro. It's a sign, bro. Yeah. And then I flew to New York a week later. <laughs> so I think the sign was, you don't need a car right. in New York. You don't, that was the you sign. don't need a Fender Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, a Fender Rhodes and a giant tube amp. Like, what the hell are you going to do with all this? It's New York. But yeah, where Good are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it? You got to... Fifth story walk up, yeah, which I did have a, f a fifth story walk up. <laughs> that was one of my first apartments actually <laughs> in Brooklyn. Is that right? Yeah, 
Now what? Now I'm sorry. What year was this? In Brooklyn, this was '09. So I got to New York. Oh, I shit. I thought I wanted to be a jazz guitarist. I lived in the West Village, which is like oh you know, my god, yeah, it's where you want to be if you want to play jazz because you can go to Smalls and Fat yes. Cat, yeah, and those places. Yeah, but that rent every is, night. That rent is that rent is high. At the time, I I found a sublet for like eleven fifty, and it's a and it's a studio. It was no, it was a three bedroom, two bath basement, <laughs> like a finished basement. It was a nice basement. <laughs> but it was a basement nonetheless. And and it was on Perry Street right in the West Village. Yes. Yes. And Hudson. Yes. It was great. It was amazing. A great deal. Anyways, I did yeah, I did like one month. Yeah. And I went to the jazz clubs every night and by the end of that month I was like, okay, I don't think I want to play jazz. <laughs> That's all it took. No, well, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, this might be semantics, but is it that you didn't want to play jazz or that I, or that the level of jazz that was being played was off i mean it was like off the charts so it was a combination I mean, these are the yeah. these are yeah. the jazz it was a combination of of those two things and yeah. it was the realization that i can't compete because i don't just want to do this. Right. And I don't even mean jazz. I right. mean, like, you would have to specify which jazz. Right. Because I would go out one night, and it would be, you know, like a straight-ahead group. Right. And they'd play three or four tunes that I was like, what the hell tune is this? I've never right. heard this right. before. And then I'd be like, oh, I know this one. And then would be three or four more where, like, poor butterfly or blah, blah, blah. And everyone knows it. And I'm like, what the yeah. And then the next night, it's like a bebop night, and they're all playing these, you know, Charlie Parker heads, like, and I'm like, I guess I, I don't know these tunes. I guess I'm not going to be a bebop guy. And it's like 20 horn players that are all 17 that all know it. Just you know, and one it. Italian guitarist that is like, right. and then the right. next night, it's like a fusion group, and they're killing it and you're right. just like I, I i guess i'm not doing it. so you just have these moments these realizations of like how 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 n- not niche you are yes. and that if you're gonna do it yes you know like i can't show up at a jam and play stella by starlight and and try to compete with the guy next to me who's been playing stella by starlight all day right. for eight hours right 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 when i'm like I want to play some James Brown, and then I want to play Stevie Wonder, and then I want to do right. and then and then I'll play Stella for like an hour, and then I'll, you know <laughs> you just can't. You're never going to compete with that kid. Right, that level, yes, uh, is is so intense, and but that is like the. Uh, but there are people that do that. Yes, the same thing with that, but with pop music, and that's what what tripped my trigger when I was there was meeting people that were the same way, but about Stevie wonder or mm-hmm. about the Beatles or mm-hmm. about Zappa or about whoever, where they're like, yeah, yeah I just transcribed that album and we're going to play it right now. Wow. And you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. Cause you can be that way in New York, in New York. Well, you have others around you that are that way. So you're not alone in it. You right. Know? And they're like, yeah, let's let's do that. You wrote out the whole Zappa tune, or the whole Zappa album. Let's play it. Right, right. And then it's like, oh, I got this Tuesday Rockwood gig. Let's do, I you know, love, the whole Almond Brothers Idlewild, which my it. my friend Adam Minkoff did that at the time. Is that right? And now he tours with you know Zappa's son, or Dweezil. Like, yep. Yeah. 
tours with Dweezil. He tours with uh, uh, Levon Helm's daughter. No shit. Yep. But initially, when I met him, he would do like a different album each month at yeah. Rockwood. Yeah. That's a thing, man. That's a thing. That's it a makes, fucking thing. And it's beautiful. And what a great way to, uh, you know, especially last year, uh, engage an audience, keep your skills sharp, uh, develop, you know, uh, or mine in appreciation for a record. Like, I love that shit. I do that shit, too. Um, it's, there's, there's something about it that's very gratifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's gratifying. It's also to me, as someone who studied jazz for a while, it's very similar to what jazz people do. Mm-hmm. It's like learn a tune a day, and you know, really like work on the changes and really delve into who played this tune and how did they play it and what did they do. You're doing a similar thing. You're just taking a pop record, right? You know, right? A Paul right. Simon thing or whatever, but you're still right. like studying every note, every note, yeah. and that's how these. You know the greatest musicians. That's that's sort of their mo. Is like they get really neurotic. Yes, there's yes. flamenco people that do the same thing. Yeah, you know, in any idiom, right? The people that are the greatest at it have probably studied the most. Right, right. Uh, that's my opinion. Can we talk? Oh shit! Oh, uh, what was the name of the tune? Uh, I don't fool myself. I don't though. Oh, here it is. I do. That's what the the tune is actually about. The fact that you do fool the yourself. The fact that I do fool myself and that the chorus is, I wish I could say I don't fool myself anymore. Can we, we're going to take a listen. Okay. You see, I disregard the signs. Let my eyes decide. What I think of that. Super sexy song. Super sexy. I know. I don't fool myself. It's true. It's not true. I. That's what the song's <laughs> about. It's about it not being true. It's about me still fooling myself. Okay. And me wishing I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it on my birthday. That's why the first lyric is another trip around the sun. And there's okay. something I'm not better at. Um. And then it's like I disregard the signs. Let my eyes decide what I think will last. And I know this time around, I wish I could say I'm better now. I wish I could say I don't fool myself. Okay. It's fucking Because, deep. what's that? Deep, bro. <laughs> it's very introspective. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, I meet these women that I'm like, she's perfect or something. Yeah. And then, you know, but it's my eyes deciding. It's not, it's not. Right. You know, it's not something they did really. Right. Right. It's like, a, she's. That's the one. And then, you you know, you're fooling yourself. 
or I'll have some sort of conversations with them and be like, she likes me. And then you're fooling. No, bro. You're <laughs> fooling yourself. I don't fool yourself anymore. Tell me about um, how that song uh, came about. And we, we talked a little bit about it on the break, but... Um, you mean the actual construction? Yeah, and, and, you know, well, and instrumentation, and and like what led to the development of the song. Okay. So a lot of my production is me actually playing drums via the finger pads, mm-hmm. finger drums, and then that was one of the f- one of the first and only ones where I was like, I'm just going to program a drum loop. I'm just going to like. You know, I'll pick yeah. the sounds, right. but I'm just going to like, okay, this this is two and four, and the, mm-hmm. and the kick is here, and da-da-da, and I'm not playing. And I was like, oh, that was easy. And then, <laughs> I yeah, you know, the song, the, the acoustic and like the <clears throat> vocal came to me on the birthday and the lyrics and all that. Mm-hmm. So then I think I just laid that down, and then I put the bass down, and then I, I have this really nice Dave Smith synth, so I added that. Mm-hmm. I was just hearing that that melody, the and the I don't fool myself anymore. So that so so the groove came first. I think the writing came first. Usually for me, the writing comes first. It's like uh, I'll, you mean the lyric. I'll hear a lyric with a melody, and I'll be like, "Is that the chorus? Is that a right. verse? What is that? I don't know." And then I'll start to sort of suss it out. Right. And then I'll <clears> add more and more, and then yeah. So I do this thing where. You know, if, if if the lyric isn't first, I I'll have a melody and I'll just like um, um, sumo wrestle lyrics into the melody that makes sense to me uh, rhythmically, melodically. You know what I'm saying? Sumo wrestle. I will sumo wrestle words into what feels natural, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll do a pile driver. <laughs> Did you watch a lot of wrestling <laughs> of as course. a kid? Is that WWF, what's going on? bitches. Uh, I will suplex. <laughs> I will I'm going to suplex this lyric right I'm here. I'm going to suplex this lyric into this melody and then a couple pile drivers. And then as soon as I can, you know, and then maybe there's, maybe there's a word or a phrase that will help dictate what's going to happen next. But, but rarely. Uh, for me, does a song come out words first? It's usually uh, melody first. Yeah, c- chords, wow. chords, melody, and then I'll and then good I'll. For uh, you. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I think so. I think if the melody comes first, it's probably going to be a stronger melody. For me, it's like a lyric melody usually comes sort of together mm-hmm. or some semblance of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a, a like the first lyric, right? You right. know, just something to tip you off on, to, yeah. in, onto the content or the, yeah. or the theme or the topic or whatever. Or also a lot of times uh, just a lyric, just mm-hmm. some sort of like saying, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, yeah. that's good. Right. There's something there. Right. And for me, it's okay. There's, there's this phrase that, you know, it's not, it's not cliche, but it's right. something that everyone can sort of get behind. Yes. And... And you could come at it from a couple different angles yes. so that your verses aren't all saying the same thing. You're like, this verse is sort of shining this light on this on this chorus, whereas this verse is shining this other light. Do and you're you, like, oh, okay. Do you ever try 
the like stream of consciousness writing. Like I've only tried it a couple of times. I'll do that as a dive when I mm-hmm. first start writing. Have you heard about diving? Mm-mm. So there's a, a Berkeley guy that wrote this whole book. And the first thing he taught, or maybe not the first thing, but one of the things he talks about is like, okay, you want to write a song about peaches. So you're going to sit there for like 10 minutes and you're going to write everything that comes to mind when you think about peaches. peaches yeah. And that's your stream of consciousness thing. Yeah. And then when you go to write the song and you're like, you can't come up with one little word, you can look at that page okay. and be like, oh. Pull some shit from yeah, that. Yeah, pull some shit from that. Okay. Or maybe as you're writing in your stream of consciousness, you might find a phrase or two that you're like, that's good. I like that. I'll okay. use that. I'm, I'm talking about more like literally just just streaming it out like maybe having a melody uh maybe having a chorus hook even but um Mm -hmm. i've tried a couple times just to just to write 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 no idea what it's about i i don't you know and it'll come back to a hook or a chorus and i and maybe i've developed a bridge on some level but are you just writing like words that fit with the melody and well, not, they don't necessarily make sense? Like ham and eggs. <laughs> no, I mean, Oh, it, darling, I love your legs. It, at that point, it was just an exercise in can I take this, can I take this out? You know, yeah. can I have a theme, a couple themes? I have a chorus theme and I have a bridge theme. I have a melodic theme. Can I just stream of conscious? write lyrics to verses and and hmm. you know that was an exercise for me that I did but that's not that's not the usual thing so I'm I'm trying to change how I write because you know I'm I'm typically the cat I, I wait for it you know I wait to for the electricity to, to zap me in the brain and and and, right. and have this thing um so I'm trying to do other things to create music do, Break you are out you, are, of that mold. Yes. Are you doing, or do you have a particular process that you always do? Not always, but I do have like a way mm. that I'll go about it. If I'm, you know, especially if I'm like, I'm writing a song about this. Usually. So you do that. I mean, that's a I'll thing. do that sometimes. Yeah. 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 Like this song is going to be about. Right. Probably because a lyric came to me mm-hmm. or something. And that dictates the, the and that theme. And then I'm like, oh, I know. Or, or you know, or something happened in my life. That's more common. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember this one song that I wrote that has some decent lyrics. And, like, the first thing is, is about her, you know, every time her phone rings, she's up and across the room mm-hmm. to, like, see who it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about knowing that she's already left the relationship. Right. And that she's always looking for something to like... Right. A way to get away. A way to get away. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So then, because I knew I was writing about that... Right. Then it's like... That informs the rest of the experience. So then I'd probably do a dive about it. Right. And like the different things that tell me that she's already out of it. Right. Other indicators. Yeah. Other indicators, all those things. And then, you know... For me, I always try to shine a little bit different light on the chorus mm-hmm. in the second verse. Sure. So that that would be what that's about, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So there are some formulaic things that that you 
use. Yeah. And formulate not in a bad way, but but no. you have some formulas. I just think like the these are these are archetypes of, right. of good songwriting. Right. You know, it doesn't matter who you look at. Right. There's gonna be some semblance of these things that that go hand in hand with a right. a story. Right. To me, I want it to be a story. Right. Also, I don't want it to just be like, <clears throat> you know, this. I wrote this thing and blah blah blah. I wanted to like we're on a journey here, right? And you know, right. maybe by the end of it, you'll see that there's a, there's there's more to it, probably. Right. right. Like I wrote a song called uh, um, "There Isn't Much to This Song," but it's it's uh, you missed out on a good thing is the name of the song. And that's like the chorus is just that over and over. Right. But each verse shows you a little bit differently how you missed out. Right. And at the end, you realize that if you're paying attention, you realize that he, the person singing, is actually talking about himself. He's not talking about someone else. Oh, right, right. He's not saying you he's missed out. He's not saying he's the saying girl you, missed out. He's saying, yeah. He missed out. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. he's saying you missed out to himself. He's like, right. you missed out on a good thing because you weren't ready. Yeah. You know. Well. Something like that. I don't that's know. Some that's some shit, I baby. That's, that's one way that I write. That's or like this girl. I was trying to write a song for this girl who's who had like a, a pop hit at some point, And she had been broken up with. And the guy like took all the, all her money. Oh, uh, cleared shit. out her blank account. Whole thing. So I wrote this this uh, this song, basically about that happening to her, you know, and how the worst part is really that she did, she won't trust herself now, right? Because she right. F- she fell for him, right? So I don't know because I knew that story, mm-hmm. it gave me the the vocabulary, the vocabulary, yeah, yeah. to. to to dig into that yeah, feeling, that particular thing. emotion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll stay there all night just like right. writing right. different things that relate to that. I like that concept of the dive. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, um, that's, a, that's an interesting way to approach a topic, right? You have a topic and then fill the next three pages with things that yep. are associated with that topic. Yep. And then if you're stuck... You can go back and find it. Yeah, find find a phrase or even a, even a, a just a word that gets you through. Mm-hmm. That's it, baby. Pat Pat Pattinson. Pat Patterson is the the guy who wrote that book. Oh yeah, yeah. What is his name? Are you making Pat, this up? I'm not making it up. He's a he's a Berkeley songwriter songwriting Pat teacher. Patterson. Pat Patter. Pat. I think it's Pat Patterson or Patterson or it's definitely Pat Pat. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> I know this to be true. I know this to be true. There's a man called Pat Patterson. <laughs> or, or maybe not. Pat Patterson? <laughs> we should probably look it up. Are we out of time? We are. Well, I just feel like I've kept you longer. Um, uh, I like talking to you. Maybe I talk fine. to you. I, I talk to we you all keep night. talking. I'm talking. It's up to you. What, well, do you I have any a, other questions? I need about, another fucking Do you have any drink. other questions? You need a drink? I'll, I'll use I'm, the bathroom. You have some more questions about my song? Please. <laughs> you like me, right? You want to talk to me more, right? Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you had a long weekend. We didn't mm. even get into that. Mm. I'm Grief. glad we didn't. Grief. That doesn't need to be on, on tape. On tapes, yeah. Well, appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, and there's more still water, too, I, you know, oh, and a touch oh. of the whisk. I mean, the night isn't over. I'm just saying. This part is. This part is. The rest of it we don't want recorded. That's right. No, it's incriminating, and yeah. uh, I think it's That's best. That's the stuff that would really sell, though. I know. 
I know. No one's going to If only they knew. They don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I appreciate you, man. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Maybe there'll be a part two. Let's do a part two. Now it's a maybe. I already agreed to it. I'm down. All right. I'm down. Part two, coming in hot. So the story goes.